Good afternoon. You, you can talk back. <laughs> Welcome to Barah Ministries, an intimate local Christian church with worldwide impact. My name is Pastor Rory Clark. At Barah Ministries, we know this truth, that Jesus Christ is God. The Lord, God the Son, became flesh, Jesus Christ, and lived among us. He is the uniquely born one, 100% God and 100% man in one person forever. He's the sovereign God of the universe, and he is the Jewish Messiah. At Barah Ministries, we make a difference by teaching the Word of God from God's perspective and not from man's perspective. And those who make Barah Ministries their home are Christians. And being a Christian means we believe in the deity of the Lord Jesus Christ, and we have a deep, intimate, and personal relationship with him. So here's how the Brenda Corona Memorial Service will unfold. So I'll give you a brief introduction. Uh, Chuck is going to play Amazing Grace on the bagpipes, uh, give you God's view of you and death. Then we'll have a portrait of Brenda in a memorial video. Then you'll get a chance to give your reflections on Brenda. And when you do, we're going to use that microphone. And typically, People aren't really skilled with using microphones because you don't do it every day. So you're probably going to have something in your hand that you want to read, and then you're going to have the microphone, and then your hand will relax, and <laughs> it'll be down here. But we're recording this. We're streaming it live right now so that the people around the country who have the link uh, that was provided by Terry can see this. And the microphone will be critical for them to be able to hear what you're saying. So... I may just stand in the back and remind you to keep putting the mic up there, and that would be great if you do that. And uh, then we'll give you the gospel message, and then we'll conclude with uh, John Wayne Mercure speaking about his daughter, and that'll be the service. We want you to feel comfortable here. We want you to relax, feel at home. There are uh, refreshments in the back in the refrigerator. You can get up and do that anytime you want to, um, but just make yourself at home. We're really glad to have you here. So, a woman you loved was here, and now she's gone from here. And it's a sad day and a sad time as we remember Brenda Mercure Corona. I'm hurting for you today, and I want to thank those of you who gave me a picture of your daughter, your mother your sister, and your friend, someone you love deeply. I share your grief today. I didn't know Brenda personally, but I did get a chance to meet her a couple of years ago when I was putting together the memorial service for her mom. There's no way for us to know at that time that in a, two short years we'd be doing the same thing for her. None of us knows the days nor the time when the Lord, which the Lord has fixed by his own authority to come for us. He has allotted to each of us a number of days. We won't be on the earth one more day or one less day than he has allotted for us. The Lord knows what our allotted days are because he set aside our number of days in eternity past over a billion years ago. According to her sister Terry, Brenda was named after the comic strip character Brenda Starr, ace reporter. Terry says Brenda was the star of our family. 
her larger-than-life personality added so much to everything we did as a family. I can't imagine how different things would have been without her. I share your grief because the picture you painted of Brenda, not only by what you said about her, but far more for the things that couldn't be said in words, I felt from listening to you. And those things helped me to know that your grief is too profound to summon words. Some may ball their hands and shake their fists at God for taking her away too soon. 51 years is a short stay on planet Earth, and those who shake their fists don't really know God, and they don't understand how he works. The real perspective is not that Brenda has been taken. It's that she was given to us for a period of time to enjoy. And you did. And although she has returned to her maker sooner than we would have liked, she will live on there. Uh, he, she will live on here on earth through you by memories of her that you carry in your hearts. She will live in heaven for all eternity. Brenda's sister, Terry Pisa, mentioned a quote from Brenda's Facebook page. It said, it was a quote from Albert Einstein, and it said, God does not play dice with the universe. Well, Einstein was right, and God doesn't play dice with our lives either. As the Lord Jesus Christ sent his disciples out to preach to a hostile, lost, and dying world, he said in Matthew chapter 10, verses 28 to 31, do not fear those who kill the body, but are unable to kill the soul. Rather, fear the Lord, who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. Matthew 10:29. Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? And yet, not one of them will fall to the ground apart from God the Father's consent. Matthew 10:30. But the very heads, hairs on your head are all numbered. Matthew 10:31 So do not fear to God you are mu much more valuable than many sparrows The Lord Jesus Christ has always known Brenda and there never has been a time nor will there ever be a time where he doesn't have her her name in his mind and her person in his omniscient mind and billions of years ago he knew when he would bring her here and when he would call her home he allotted to her the number of days, and the very hairs on her head were numbered, even when those hairs were no more. So let's hear some music. Uh, God's gift to Brenda to all of us is amazing. God's gift of Brenda to all of us is courtesy of God's grace. And at Brenda's request, let's listen to Chuck Bergen play song uh, a song on the bagpipes it's called amazing grace
Thank you, Chuck. Well, Brenda's body may be dead, but her soul is not. The soul, once born, never dies. You get to choose where it spends eternity. According to her dad, Brenda is in heaven, absent from the body and face-to-face with the Lord, reunited with all those she loved who went to heaven before her. Well, what is God's view of you and death? Here's what the Lord says about death through the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 53 to 57. He says, This perishable our physical bodies, must put on the imperishable, a perfect resurrection body. That's what Brenda has right now. And this mortal, our life on earth, must put on immortality, our life in heaven. 1 Corinthians 15, 54. But when this perishable will have put on the imperishable, and this mortal will have put on immortality, then will come about the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. That means that death's power is removed. 1 Corinthians 15.55 O physical death, where is your victory? O physical death, where is your sting? Paul is taunting death. Because for those who go to heaven, death has no sting. And getting rid of our mortal body is no problem, except for those who are left behind. 1 Corinthians 15.56 The sting of physical death is sin. And the power of sin is the law. 1 Corinthians 15, 57. But thanks be to God the Father who gives us believers in Christ the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Brenda has overcome death. Here on earth we grieve, but the Lord promises us things about heaven. And the Apostle John comforts us with these words in Revelation chapter 21, verse 4 about heaven. He says, in heaven, the Lord will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and there will no longer be any death. There will no longer be any mourning or crying or pain. The first things have passed away, and passed away means died. The first things have died. And certainly, that's what you want for Brenda. Those of you who are closest to Brenda, especially you daughters, will remember the end of Brenda's struggles when her fighting spirit battled cancer and radiation and chemotherapy with all she had. But what I felt and what I heard as I listened to you is that fight you saw in her in the last minutes here on earth is the fight you loved in her when she was her most vibrant self in this life. And that's what you'll remember. You'll remember the fight. I want you to hear what King David says about the end of our earthly struggles in Psalm 23, verses 1 and 4, and I hope it wipes those things from your mind that you saw in her last days, because we all go out weak. He says in Psalm 23, the Lord is the one who keeps on shepherding me. The Lord was with Brenda during those tough times toward the end, and therefore I can't lack anything. Psalm 23, 4. Even though I walk through my own death-shadowed valley, I cannot fear you with me. King David was excited to die, knowing that he would spend eternity with the Lord. And that's what Brenda experienced as well. 
a personal escort to heaven from the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And after a short time, in due time, Brenda's pain and your pain aren't what you'll remember. Your memory will be flooded with the special times that you had together. Brenda's daughter, Melissa, remembers this way. She said, I remember she would blast the music and she'd come up to us dancing and she'd sing along with the music. And I loved when she did spur-of-the-moment things. It was her way of showing us she loved us. She was very thoughtful in those moments. A great thing about remembering those who died is that we remember, we remember the good things. Whether we remember these things affectionately out loud or whether we lash out with our grief, as is the case with some of your family members, in the private moments of loss, all of us reflect on the good times, and we wet our pillows with tears of appreciation for the good times. And that's all of us. That's what's worth remembering. Brenda is a person. She was here, and now she's back where she came from, with God the one who walked her step-by-step step through this life, and the one who walked her step-by-step step through death. And as you remember her, you will know his commitment to you that you saw through Brenda's life. So let's take a look at some of the special moments of Brenda's life captured in this short video that Andrea put together. We should probably close the curtains. To help the, uh, to help the, uh, let me get this out of your way now. You bet. Thank you. No, not at all. of twilight time steals across the meadows of my heart high up in the sky the little stars climb always reminding me that we down the lane and far away Leaving me a song that would not die Love is now the stardust 
of yesterday The music of the years gone by Sometimes I wonder why I spend the lonely Six nights in a row 
Yeah. 
Really good. Yeah. We have uh, ways for you to get copies of that if you'd like. So just let us know. So you describe Brenda as caring, loving, free, and committed. And even passionate came through, even though you never said those specific words. Brenda cared about people. And here's what Andrea had to say about Brenda, her mom. She was very caring. She had a soft heart. She was my best friend. She got along with everyone. She liked to live. She lived la vida loca. <laughs> she did. She had another version of that, but I kind of cleaned it up. So I just just want you to know that <laughs> she did the things that she wanted to do. Her cooking was great too when she wanted it to be. <laughs> She loved, here's what her sister Terry had to say about her. She loved Hugo, the man she married even after they weren't married anymore. She loved her parents. She waited on my dad, hand and foot. Brenda had, uh, oh, there's more. She loved her girls. Boy, did she love those girls. She loved horses. She loved the outdoors. She loved fun. She loved life. It's hard losing a mom, but it's even harder losing a sibling. I loved her very much. Brenda had a wild side, a desire to be free that was reflected in her love for animals, especially horses. Her father, John, reflects. We had four horses together. She loved horses and she loved life. The song Wildfire is a reflection of her. In the house, I, kept, I keep on expecting to hear her voice, and it's not there. Brenda is with her grandparents in heaven now, and they adored her. And when people you love die, we never get over it. I'll never get over this. She was committed to her daughters, Jessica, Melissa, Alicia, and Andrea. She was described over and over again as a great mom. And if she were here right now and could speak for a moment, she would tell each of you that raising you was worth it. She didn't have to say it to you in words because she said it with her life and you could feel it. She had a lot, of, uh, a lot to be proud of in each of you and she loved each of you for your very own uniqueness. When she looked at you without saying it as only a mother's eyes can see, she saw the love that you gave back to her as a reflection of her spirit implanted in you. She could see it, she could feel it, and she loved you very much for it. You painted a picture of a woman who loved deeply and who was loved even more deeply. 
No need to apologize for the tears as you remember her. So next, you're going to get an opportunity to remember Brenda. And so we'll get the mic for you. Where is that mic? There it is. Okay. All right, let's turn it on. So whoever's ready, come on up. And... uh, Well, but we need we need it for the video. So come on up. If you want me to stand here with you, I'll stand here with you. If you number one fear of human beings is speaking in public. No need to be afraid. All right. Thank you, Pastor Lloyd. You're welcome. Thanks, man. So I'm going to start uh, by reading you guys a story. This story was actually told by uh, Thomas N. S. Monson. He was the president of the Latter-day Saints of Jesus Christ. <clears throat> the story takes place in March of 1946, right after the Second World War. <clears throat> a woman loses her husband and is left to care for small, four small children. The woman, being German, was forced out of East Prussia into Western Germany to seek a new life, her and her four children. This was about a thousand-mile journey, and all that the family was able to take with them was a small wooden wagon with their bare necessities and a strong faith in God and the gospel. (coughs) With no food or money, the family survived with food from fields. As As seasons changed, the temperatures began to drop to below freezing. Each day, a baby in arms and three children following. The oldest, who was seven, struggled as he pulled the tiny wagon. Burlap wrapped the children's feet because their shoes had long disintegrated. Tattered jackets covered their tattered clothing. As snows came, they sought shelter in a barn or whatever they could find and huddled together for warmth. The mother worried that they would not make it to their destination. Awakened by a chill in her heart, the mother looked down to find her three-year-old daughter cold and still. The woman was overwhelmed with grief, but knew that they must travel on. But first the woman used the only tool she had to dig a tiny grave, a tablespoon. And death came to this woman as a companion time and time again throughout this journey. The woman's seven-year-old died, either from starvation or from freezing or both. The woman dug for hours with her tablespoon. Then the five-year-old died. Again, the woman used her tablespoon to dig a small grave. The despair was all-consuming. Only the baby was left, but failing. Reaching the end of the journey, the baby died in the woman's arms. The spoon was now gone, so hour after hour, the woman dug a grave using her fingernails. The grief was unbearable. How could she be kneeling in the snow at the gravesite of her last child? She had lost her husband, her children, her possessions, her home, her homeland. The woman felt that her heart would literally break in despair. The woman wondered how she might end her own life. She could easily jump off a nearby bridge or jump in front of an oncoming train. With these thoughts, the woman felt like she should pray. She ignored it until she could no longer resist. She prayed... Dear Heavenly Father, I do not know how I can go on. 
I have nothing left except my faith in thee. I feel, Father, amidst the desolation of my soul, an overwhelming gratitude for the atoning sacrifice of thy Son, Jesus Christ. I cannot express adequately my love for him. I know that because he suffered and died that I shall live again with my family, that because he broke the chains of death, I shall see my children again and shall have the joy of raising them. Though at this moment I do not wish to live, I will, so that we may be reunited <coughs> as a family and return together to thee. And then I wrote something for my mom, too. <coughs> Sorry, I'm going to take this. My mom and I were more than best friends. We were a team. I was the positive and she was the negative, as she would say. Um, I was my mom's baby. Everyone knows that. I'm lucky enough to have lived with, lived together with my mom for the past about 10 years. <clears throat> we have show, shared so many wonderful memories and love-filled memories together. We have went through the best of times and the worst of times together. We even slept in the same bed together, so going on without my mom will not be easy. I will miss her and love her every single day. I remember uh, one time when I was little, I told my mom that I loved her more than I loved God. And she told me that, no, that that wasn't true, <clears throat> because God gives us all the things that we love. And that's exactly what my mom was, was a gift from God. And I will be forever grateful for the time I had with her. And more, most importantly, for the Lord giving her to me as my protector, my best friend, my world, my mother. I used to tell my mom, you don't hold the key to my heart. You hold the key to my soul. And she always will until the day I die and we're together again. And if I could talk to my mom one more time, I would tell her how proud I am of her. She fought so hard and never, ever let me down. I'll miss her every day. I'll love her forever, and she will live in our hearts forever. Okay, my sister's going to read a prayer. I'm just going to read a short prayer and uh, follow that up with um, a few verses from Psalm 139 at the request of my Aunt Terry. God, our Father, your power brings us to birth. Your providence guides our lives, and by your command we return to dust. Lord, those who die still live in your presence. Their lives change but do not end. I pray in hope for my family, relatives, and friends and for all the dead known to you alone. In company with Christ, who died and now lives, may they rejoice in your kingdom, where all our tears are wiped away. Unite us together again in one family to sing your praise forever and ever. Amen. And now just a few verses from Psalm 139. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there, your hand shall lead me, and your right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall fall on me, even the night shall be light about me. 
My mother was like a, a wild flame. She brought you warmth and comfort when needed. She always knew what, knew what just to say when it was needed to be said. She lit up the room with her beautiful smile and contagious laugh, but could burn you if she got out of control. I always admired my mother's carefree spirit with her heart of gold. My mother was beautiful both inside and out, and in no doubt as strong as a horse. Even in her hardest moments, I still found a way, she still found a way to make you smile and laugh. I am eternally, I am eternally grateful to my mother, especially for my beautiful babies, that without her, I would not have been blessed with. It hurts because I still need you so much. But I understand why you had to go. My world is dull and harder without you. All I want to do is call you and hear you say my mo. To hear that loving laugh that will never fade even long after you're gone. I know now you're f free and at peace with my grandmother. Grandma was so happy in my dream with you by her side. Both so healthy and beautiful. Telling me everything's going to be okay. As you always said, you will live forever through my beautiful sisters and I. And with that beautiful smile of yours covered in your favorite red lipstick. For your ember sits within us all. So there, no, there are no goodbyes wherever you are. There will, you will always be in my heart. Always my mother, forever my friend. I love you. Hello, uh, for those who know me, my name is Saul Diaz. Um, Brenda has been a friend of mine for a long time. She's been great. I remember, I remember when my brother, you know, introduced me to her. I'm very happy that I was able to be here, you know, in her time. And uh, this passing of her has affected me quite a bit and I know it's expecting it affected all of you as well but we need to know that with her we have the strength inside us for how she lived her life how she always looked at you and always gave you praise and always you know saw the best of you you know that stays inside my heart and will always be there it's still very painful and heartful that she is gone, but she'll always be there with us. Every time we look at each other and hear each other's voices, she'll be there. Thank you.
I'll give you some time. So next, the gospel message. Brenda would want you to join her in heaven. So the closing moments of the service are dedicated to helping you be clear on what it takes to get to heaven. Whether you know it or not, you were born a sinner. That's bad news for you. But the good news is that this gospel message offers you a chance to make the most important decision of your life. Acts chapter 16, verse 31 says this, Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, and you will be saved, you and everyone in your household who also believes. What does God want for you? Two things. First and foremost, God wants you to be saved. First Timothy chapter 2, verses 3 and 4 say this, This is what is good and acceptable in the sight of the God who is our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. 1 Timothy 2.4, who desires all men to be saved and for all men to come to the knowledge of the truth. What the Lord does not want for you is highlighted in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9. It says, the Lord is not slow about his promise of salvation as some accuse him of, but instead he is patient toward you unbelievers, not wishing for any of you to perish in the lake of fire but for all of you to come to repentance, which means a change of mind about having a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. This immutable and irrevocable fact may contradict the thoughts placed into your head by God's enemy, Satan, through religions that contend that God is always disappointed in you because you sin and that you have to work to please him. So my question for you is this, are you saved? Second, God wants you to have a written account of the absolute truth, his exact thinking. John chapter 20, verse 31 says this, These things written in the Bible have been written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Jewish Messiah, the Son of God in human form, and that by believing in him you may have the resurrection life in his name. Do you know the truth? especially the truth about who God is as a person and about what he has done to save you. Maybe you don't believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Maybe you don't think he's God. Maybe you don't think that the Bible is his exact thinking. Maybe you don't even think that you need to be saved. But the Bible says that being saved, salvation, is exactly what all humans need from the moment of their physical birth. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1 says this, At physical birth, all mankind were born spiritually dead in trespasses and in sins. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 22 says, All in union with Adam at physical birth, and that is every human being who comes to earth, are set to die the second death in the lake of fire. That is not your fault, but it is your circumstance. The Bible says all who are spiritually dead need to be saved. They need spiritual life. They need to be born again. The Lord Jesus Christ volunteered for the task of 
saving you. Ephesians chapter 2 verses 4 and 5 say this, God the Father, being rich in mercy because of his great unconditional love with which he loved us, even when we were spiritually dead in our transgressions, made us believers in Christ spiritually alive and placed us into union with Christ. By his grace you have been saved. When you were spiritually dead as an ungodly, unrighteous unbeliever, here's what God the Father gifted to you. Romans chapter 5, verse 8. God the Father demonstrates his own unconditional love toward all mankind, and that while we were yet sinners, while we were spiritually dead, ungodly, unrighteous unbelievers, Christ died as a sacrifice for us. Who is this God that saves you? The Apostle Paul describes the Lord Jesus Christ in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 3 and 4. And they say this, For I, Paul, deliver to you as of first importance the gospel message I also received, that it was Jesus Christ who died for our sins, according to the scripture, and that he was buried, and that he was raised from the dead on the third day, according to the scriptures. And because of the Lord Jesus Christ's sacrifice, right where you sit right now, you can have eternal life. There are no hoops to jump through. Eternal life, the resurrection life, by just taking the suggestion of Acts chapter 16, verse 31. It says, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, and you will be saved, you and everyone in your household who also believes. What does it mean, believe? It just means take God's word for it concerning what it takes to be saved. And that happens at a moment in time, and the result is that work stands finished forever. We'd also do well to heed the warning in John chapter 3, verse 36. He who believes in the Son has the resurrection life right at that moment. It's instantaneous. But he who does not obey the command to believe in the Son will not see the resurrection life. Instead, the wrath of God, the lake of fire, abides on him. The lake of fire is a literal place, and it will be your eternal house if you reject a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Acts chapter 4, verse 12 says this, There is salvation in no one else, and there is no other name under heaven that has been given among men by which we must be saved except the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And you don't have to work to be saved. It's a free gift from a gracious God. Titus chapter 3, verse 5 says this, The Lord Jesus Christ saved us, not on the basis of deeds which we have done in self-righteousness, but according to his mercy, by the washing of regeneration and through the renewing by God the Holy Spirit. So there's no excuse for not knowing how to be saved. It's so simple. Why? It's simple because God does the saving for us. All you have to do is invest your gift of faith, a gift you received from a loving God, and place that faith in the Lord Jesus Christ for your salvation. Do it now. There's no time to waste. Well, John told me yesterday, when your child dies, there's nothing you can do about it. I'm hurting, and I want to feel the pain. I feel the pain because I love her. Well, John, here's your chance to tell everyone. Come on up. Thank you, sir. And we have. Thank you. 
we terrific. Have, thank you. We have a seven-minute wildfire video right whenever you're ready. Okay, that's wonderful. Okay, then you'll come up. never think you're going to get old when you do it hits you like a battle axe it's just what are you going to do well you're going to live with it and I'm living with it why because life is so beautiful my name is John Wayne Cure. I'm 77 years old I never thought Brenda was going to die my child dying before me but she was so courageous and so full of life and the, la the lady that was Brenda Kay it's really hard for me to get through this, but I do like I've always done. Keep busy, busy, busy with positive things because she's gone and her spirit, I feel her spirit with me. I watched my father die. I watched his last breath and I'm still not over it, but I've tried to be righteous in his name and that was 58 years ago and I'm still not over it. But I feel his spirit next to me, and my mother, and Brenda's spirit, and Nancy Widger's spirit, too. It's really, really hard. And in the newspaper, it had this uh, article splashed across the front page. One million deaths. I thought, that's terrible. Of course it's terrible. 200,000 deaths just in the United States because of the China virus. Hey, that's a terrible thing, 200,000 dead. But... There's 330 million people in this country. They just want everybody scared. They're telling people not even to go to church. What? People need God. They need to go to church. That another headline, that one million dead is the world. One million dead in the world. There's 7.5 million people on this planet. So one million is not even one percent. But they got everybody terrified. We can't stop living. We got to keep living. That's what I want to do for Brenda Kay. Keep living. Because I love that girl so much. And my other daughter, Terry Lynn. Terry Lynn was a saint when she was born. She's always been a saint. And I want to thank her and Brett John Pisa for putting this whole thing together. And I especially want to thank my hero. And I need that plastic bag. Rory Clark, I need you. I need you to come up here right now. I want to honor this man because he put this all together. He did a fabulous job with Nancy Widger's memorial. And this is for you. Thank you. And there's 30 speeches in there I think will change your life. And where's Denise at? Thank you. Denise, come here. Please. Lady Denise, all she does is help people. I admire her more than I have words. And this is for you, in honor of what you do for people. You're a great human being, and I want everybody to know it. And I want you to know that, hey, man, this is hard. Brenda Kay was my daughter, flesh of my flesh. And I want to thank Melissa. She's my Sophia Loren. She's a wonderful lady. She's a world champion mother. And that's what Brenda Kay always told me. That Melissa, I'm so proud of her. She's just the best mother anywhere. And I, I love you for that. 
You're my Sophia Loren. Don't forget it. Your mother's with you now. She'll always biff you. And Andrea, she's a radiologist. She's seeing 140 people a day with no lunch break. And they said, well, we don't have to give you a lunch. There's no law that says we have to. What? 12-hour shift with no lunch? You can't at least be righteous? I guess not. But Andrea, she'd do it anyway because she's a hero. She's a wonder woman. And Alicia Alexandra, your mother was so proud of you. Why? She graduated from Princeton University. Who does that? Alicia does. Alicia graduated from Harvard Law School. Who does that? Alicia did. And your mother used to brag all the time, oh, my daughter, my daughter, she's Wonder Woman. Oh, yeah, you are. And I love you, everything about you. And Andrea and Melissa and Jenna Marie back there. I'm glad you came. She's my great-granddaughter. And I want to thank the Jimenez for being here. I hear nothing but good about you. You're saintly in what you do for Jenna Marie. Please make the Jimenez proud, all right? Read those scrolls I gave you. Read them out loud because it matters. And you've got to do something with your life. Why? To honor Brenda Kay. She loved you. And I'm so glad you're here. And uh, Crystal Marie, Brenda Kay adored you. She considered you her own daughter. You called her mom. And she liked that. It's wonderful to hear that kind of praise for you, Crystal Marie. Because she meant every word of it. I wrote this sonnet here. And it's on video. I've got uh, 1,327 original sonnets. My hero Shakespeare had 154. Well, I've got 281 of them on YouTube video with the help of my hero right there, Muhammad Fregah. He's my hero. He's 6'7", 280 pounds of muscle. And this guy here is getting his doctorate in chemical engineering and mathematics at Arizona State University. Ha <laughs> ha. I can't even boil water. And this guy, he can chemical engineering, mathematics, a doctorate. He's a fine man. He's descended from the pharaohs of Egypt. Pharaoh Tutankhamun. That last word, Amun, is the word for God because the Egyptians started it all. Sudanese Egyptians, they were pharaohs. And he's, he helps me so much with those videos. Brenda made videos that were great, but she was getting sick, ill, and he's filled in. We got 281 of them on YouTube, and this is on YouTube too. This is a sonnet I wrote for my beautiful daughter, Brenda Kay. It is sonnet number 1,323. I wrote it two weeks before she passed away. My beautiful daughter, Brenda Kay. I am proud to honor my beautiful daughter, Brenda Kay Corona. The honor is all mine. Brenda Kay has been my sweet angel. A gorgeous little girl, so full of energy and boundless happiness. Horses were her obsession, her magnificent obsession. Brenda Kay, she taught me to love horses. I love horses because of Brenda Kay now. Beautiful horses, fabulous horses. Every little girl wants a pony. And I made a promise to myself in Illinois on the Mississippi River, there were horses there, and she loved those horses so much, and I made a vow, I'm going to get her a pony. It's going to be hard, but I'm going to get her a pony, and I'm glad I did. Every girl wants a pony. Well, angels do exist. They walk beside us every single day, angels. Angels who guard us, protect us in every single blessed way. Heaven's gift to us, these angels. 
They give us beautiful horses. God gives us beautiful daughters. And I treasured mine. I'll never stop treasuring them because they were my pride and joy. Brenda Kay, she adored her horses. A spectacular Welsh pony, Sundance. And in a video, wildfire, you're going to see that horse. The white horse is so beautiful, Sundance. And I've watched that video probably 45 times because it's Brenda. It's by Martin Murphy, Michael Martin Murphy, Wildfire. It's a beautiful song. Well, her horses, Sundance, her horse, Jade, her horse, Sassy, her horse, Roman. Horses so spectacular and fabulous, dancing and prancing. Brenda Kay's free spirit, so ebullient. Boundless enthusiasm, and I love that because that word describes Brenda Kay. Enthusiasm. Enthusiasm means full of God. The splendor of my daughter's love for life in all of its challenges. She was always happy, fighting to be happy, always smiling. My princess Brenda Kay Corona. Days of skiing in the mountains in beautiful Wolf Creek Pass in Colorado. You can see it forever when you're skiing. It's so beautiful. Hundreds of fishing trips, delicious trout fried, fries with dinners with everybody around, laughing so much joy, lots of laughter. Brenda Kay's voice, so very wonderful in all of it. Her older sister, Terry Lynn, and I want to thank Terry Lynn and Brett because they help people all day long in everything they do, and they would be here if they could. They have health problems. And they help everybody all day long. Well, Terry Lynn, she bonded with Brenda Kay as only sisters can. And you sisters know that, or you should. Because sisters, man, you can't replace that. That relationship you have is forever. Well, Terry Lynn and Brenda were two rays of sunshine in my life. My daughters are the sunshine of my life. My greatest glory was being a father. Only a father can know a daughter's precious soul of beauty. I knew her soul, her heart. To watch her blossom into a lovely lady, flesh of my flesh. To see her grow up into everything a father could cherish. Brenda Kay is mother to three daughters, so it's great happiness. Andrea Elizabeth, she is so proud of you. Melissa Suzanne. Sophia Loren is the way I think of you. Alicia Alexandra, I'm so proud of all of you. I love you with all of my heart and soul. Brenda Kay, when I wrote this two weeks ago before she died, she has throat cancer and it spread to her lungs. It's, she's now in hospital life support, raw emotions, intense grief, arduously waiting for a good report. Brenda Kay is in a lot of pain, agony of seeing her life decline. The wonder is that she's held on this long. Her pain is my pain. I still pray for a miracle. Perhaps I'm just not worthy, and that bothers me. I got three college degrees and three separate black belts. I've read the New Testament 157 times out loud. I've read the Koran and the I Ching and the Gutenberg Bible and the Duye. I read them all. And I guess I'm not worthy because I didn't get a miracle. But one of my favorite books is the book of Job. In there he says, there's nothing you can do to me, God, that will stop me believing in you. And I believe that. Because Brenda Kay's in heaven. 
And I know she's in heaven with her horses. And that's what consoles me because God did answer my prayer. He said no. And I have to accept that and go on. And I will. Going on for her. Living for her. And you that loved her, you've got to go on for her too. And live in her memory because that's what she'd want. She doesn't want you sad. She wants you to fight to be happy. And you've got to do that. Well, I didn't get that miracle. And her little chihuahua dogs, they miss her so very, very pitifully. The Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Job's faith in me is unshakable. They did everything to him. Took away his family, his riches. Gave him boils and terrible diseases. And he still said, you can't stop me believing in you, Lord. And I feel the same way. I was so happy to have her for that 51 years. Well, my hero Shakespeare, he died when he was 52. So did Napoleon. And my good friend Ray Pisa, he died when he was 52. Every life is just too short. Even the longest life is too short. Well, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Brenda's getting a reward in heaven. Her reward in heaven is paradise. Paradise for my sweet angel. And I usually end it with etame kibuzem. That's Voltaire. And I love Voltaire. Etame, love yourself first. Because until you love yourself first with your talents and do something with your talents, you can't help anybody else. Kibuzem. Love those who love you. I just love that. Etame kibuzem. Love yourself and love those who love you. And Brenda Kay, she did that her whole life, was judging people by their hearts, which is what I do. I don't care about race, color, or creed. All I care about is the heart. And Terry Lynn in Atlanta said, I should read this, and I will. Dearest Dad, she wrote it to me four years ago. These lines I write, my heart's so full of pride. When darkness comes, my father, John Wayne Mercure, he's the light. In him do I confide. He's gifted to teach, respected by all. Such intelligence, such perfect speech. To me, he's ten foot tall. He built me a playhouse just for play. You should have seen that playhouse. It had a vaulted ceiling and it had electric lights and it had a balcony. You could look out on the street and a sleeping bag on the balcony. And there were t chairs in there so they could be. Terry Lynn and Brenda Kay could be private, surrounded by a fence. I didn't have anybody disturbing them. And I knew they were happy in there. Why? Little girls need privacy too. And she loved that playhouse. Summer swimming. We used to go swimming all the time. Winter skiing. I talked about that and it just, you can't talk about skiing without thinking, man, this is a miracle. Normally up in the woods like this in the snow, you couldn't get out of there and live, but now you can ski. It's paradise. And I took them skiing and they learned to ski. My father hauled so much hay from me for the horses he gave to me. It was my honor. My honor to do that for her. Memories so dear of my father. Talks we had until dawn. Terry and Brendan, I would sit and talk with them. I was so honored. They wanted to talk to their dad until dawn, all night. We were always safe. We never had a fear. His strength, my father's strength, I can count on. A true hero sent from above me. True hero. That's high praise indeed. I want my father to know I'm blessed that you are my father my father I truly love, Brenda Kay. I know you had these athletes, tough guys, 60 years ago. I was one of them. And we used to sing this song. And I think it's important for you to remember. It's by Clarence Frogman Henry, 1960.
60 years ago. And it's a good song, and it goes this way. You always hurt the one you love, the one you shouldn't hurt at all. You always take the sweetest rose and crush it till the petals fall. You'll always break the kindest hearts with a hasty word you can't recall. So if I broke your heart last night, it's because I love you most of all. You mean you say terrible things to your family and you say I didn't mean it? You did mean it. Sigmund Freud said you meant it or you wouldn't have said it. It's in there in your subconscious like a rattlesnake waiting to bite somebody. And you bite people you love because you're hasty in what you say. You can't do that. You can't break hearts by saying things you don't mean because you mean them. It's there. It's in you. And you can't let that fester in your heart. You can't say, don't leave anything unsaid is what I'm saying. Those we love, they don't go away. They walk beside us every day. I feel Brenda's spirit. My mom, my dad, Captain James Leo Widger, my hero. Those we love don't go away. They walk beside us every day, unseen, unheard, but always near. Still missed, still loved, still very dear. And in closing, I want to tell you again, Pastor Rory Clark, you're... you're I want this to go to the world. I met my friend, Mohammed Fregar. He's a Muslim, and he and I have a, a Muslim-Christian alliance going, and I was hoping that he would meet Rory Clark, and it would be, I don't know, a Muslim and a Christian together? Why not? Why not? You put this together, you and Denise, and I owe you. You're wonderful people, and I want the world to know it. If this is on video, good. Everybody's got to understand it's God. It's God. My mother grabbed me one time when I was really depressed by the shoulder. And she said, John Wayne, John Wayne. Yeah, Mom. Yeah, Mom. She said, John Wayne, when you have God, you don't need anybody. And you know, that's the best advice I ever got in my whole life. Because it's true. And I'll tell you, the epitome of God is right there. Rory Clark and Lady Denise. And in my wonderful friend, Dr. Mohammed Fregah, which means free man, my hero. Thank you for listening and thank you for coming. God bless all of you forever. Don't leave anything unsaid. You'll regret it. If it's a love that you feel, say it. Say it. Later on, you can say, why didn't I tell him that? Why didn't I say that? Well, you should. Don't leave anything unsaid. God bless all of you. Thank you for listening. So at John's request, we're going to play the wildfire video, and then we'll close.
One night I was writing with a friend of mine. We'd been writing a lot of songs. We stayed up till about three in the morning. And I fell asleep on the floor. I had a dream, and the dream became this song that I wrote down on a legal pad. He came in and added some chords to it. it turned out to be about a magic horse.
Thank you once again, David Hoffner on keyboards. Thank you for letting me serve you again, and I hope that the next time we see each other, it's under more pleasant circumstances. Love to see you when there's no memorial service to do. Thank you, John. I thought I was a good speaker You're until, <laughs> You're until you. You're my hero. I got to kick up my game. Revelation <laughs> Ministry, the Barra Ministries. I Thank want you. the whole world to know it. Thank you very much. We, we appreciate you very much. So let's close this way. Trust in the Lord Jesus Christ with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Jesus, and he will make your path straight. For the Lord is the one who goes ahead of you. He'll be with you. He will not fail you or forsake you, so do not fear or be dismayed. The Lord longs to be gracious to you. He waits on high to have compassion on you. For the Lord is a God of justice, and blessed are those who wait for him. So humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he might promote you at the proper time, casting all your cares on him, for he cares for you. And that expression, he cares for you, is a Greek idiom. And what it means is that God considers your problems to be his responsibility. And so grieving is a very difficult thing to do. There's no time frame on it. It's whatever time that you take. And you'll never forget Brenda. You'll never forget her. And you'll probably never stop grieving for her. But just enjoy the grief, because it's just as um, an amazing part of life as love. Let's close with a prayer. Almighty God and Father, you know the time that you've given us to be here on earth, and you know the time that you will take us up again to you and for those of us who are behind it hurts and it hurts deeply especially the closer the person is to us heal our wounds pour your unconditional love and forgiveness and grace into our wounds fill us up to all the fullness of God help us to regain our balance as only you can do and as we go forward Let's use this experience to be kind to each other, to love each other, to forgive our grievances with each other, knowing that our time here is short. We ask this through the power of God the Holy Spirit, in Christ's name. Say it with me. Amen. 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 All right. We will close with Somewhere Over the Rainbow. Thank you for being here. We appreciate it.
Ooh. 